Welcome to the Michigan Film Vault, everybody. My name is Nick Noel, and uh, I'll let my co-host introduce himself. My name is Matt Giles. There we go. Yeah, Matt Giles, legitimate uh, movie enthusiast slash critic. How's that going? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I'd give myself that title, but I appreciate it. Um, but, you know, loving movies is always going well. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about, so, how about you? I'm good. I am not a legitimate anything, so um, that's kind of a bummer. But besides <laughs> that, I'm doing okay. Oh, this show is off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> today we are going to be talking about Escanaba in the Moonlight, which is uh, probably the most Michigan movie that ever Michiganed all over Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for better or worse, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for those who are uh, new to the podcast, uh, the name kind of says it all, but we are a film podcast de uh, devoted, I guess, and dedicated to the films that are uh, related to Michigan, so either shot here or about Michigan. Although it would be weird if it was about Michigan but wasn't shot in Michigan, but I guess that can happen. I get, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about, like RoboCop's right there. I mean, it's yeah. not really about the history of Michigan, though, but. Well, I, the ones that I was thinking of, actually, uh, not to get too, uh, you know, behind the scenes on our conversations, but um, it, popped, <laughs> it, it popped into my head after a while, like the American Pie movies, you know, whether or not. Are those in Michigan? <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're, the original writer of it, he's from Michigan, so everything's set in Michigan, but I don't think they shot any of it in Michigan. I think no, it's all in, in California, but yeah, uh, but yeah they talk about going to like MSU and uh, U of M. And at one point they say, Oh, so we'll be close. And it's like, no, hmm. those, those, those aren't close at all. I mean, they're close ish. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I, I did not remember that about that movie and I, it's not going to make me rewatch it, but <laughs> Yeah. But that is interesting. Yeah. Um, so this uh, this little movie is based on a play that was written by Jeff Daniels. Um, for those who are unaware, Jeff Daniels is basically like the king of Michigan in some respects. Like he's this relatively famous actor, I guess, um, who just kind of stayed here. And he so he has like a giant compound in Chelsea, Michigan. And he kind of just lords over his fame and wealth over, over all the little people here. Humbly, though, remember, he's, yes. he's very humble. He's very humble. Um, I don't want to seem like we don't like Jeff Daniels. We like Jeff Daniels. I love Jeff Daniels. Just... I, I, won't, I won't shy away from it. In fact, I'm made fun of for how much I love Jeff Daniels. But... <laughs> and he's a, you know, he's pretty great. Um, my, one of my friends used to work with him a little bit at the Purple Rose Theater. And I uh, always said he was a nice guy. Um, but uh, loves uh, loves fart jokes, I guess, as this movie will attest to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is this, like we said, this movie is based on a play, and it really feels like it's based on a play. Like I don't think anybody would write set out to write a movie with this plot. Yeah, and I was, I mean, this this was kind of going to get into the, the weeds of our discussion, but I, I remember, yeah, I remember it being, um, like, heralded as, you know, like a really, like, hilarious play. People seemed to love it, and then I feel like when I, you know, first heard that they did a movie about it, I feel like it was 
not as well regarded. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, Jeff Daniels wrote the play and then for the movie, he wrote and directed it and then also stars in it. Um, but in watching the movie, I was trying, you know, I've seen enough plays at the Purple Rose to kind of know like how they would probably do things. Like it's it, a lot of it's set inside mm-hmm. um, the cabin in Escanaba. But yeah, it's a very small like theater. So really they just do one, one location. In a... Yeah. And very, I mean, character, you can see kind of in watching the movie, like, you know, characters kind of enter in and leave and it, but mm-hmm. it's still all sent, set in this, you know, one, uh, cabin pretty much but in watching it i was just like I, I wonder what is different about the play that people liked because as much as i wanted to like this movie <laughs> it was a bit ridiculous and yeah. uh, i didn't i didn't really see the appeal i mean i appreciated a lot of the the michiganness in it but um i was trying the entire time to think like okay like as a play would i appreciate this more but if if I was witnessing all the same things, I don't know that I would love to play like so many people I've heard do. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Wait, what do you think? I mean, so I think I I probably enjoyed the movie a little bit more than you did. Um, I will acknowledge that it's uh, weird. It's weird. It's weird in terms of this plot. It's weird in terms of just being a movie. Like it probably didn't need to be a movie. Um, but I, I appreciated it for doing something like that. I guess what I, what I mean is, is like, I appreciate it that it's like not a thing that I would expect in a movie. Does that make sense? Like I, I, I like that they did it even though it probably isn't something that needed to happen, I guess. Is that what I'm, is that making sense? Cause I think you're right. Like the, energy that you get from live theater and the way that the actors can um, bring you into that environment and you, you know, you suspend your disbelief and you are just there for their like charisma and energy, like that kind of lifts up live theater um, is harder to do, if not impossible to do in some respects in a, in a film. Um, So I think that like that thing that carried through, on the weirder aspects um, as a person not experiencing it live, it's harder to go along with. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing too, is I, and I, I wrestle with this. It always it depends on the movie or the play. So I, I don't want to make like a generalized statement, but I'm, you know, the thing with a lot of live theater is that because you're in a live setting, sometimes you're in a small theater, sometimes you're in a large theater, but the actors, again, generally speaking, are always kind of playing things to to eleven. You know, just just mm-hmm. louder. Yeah. Uh, and I got a lot of that in this movie. Like it felt like I, I and I mean I recognize some of the people too because again, like these are people that work at the Purple Rose and have been in a lot of the plays and stuff like that. So it's all local talent. Um, but so it's it's clear that a lot of them are are theater actors, which is great. But a lot of the scenes are really kind of played up and that to me sometimes can irritate me. Um, (laughs) No, I I especially noticed that in the beginning. Yeah. They're they're like so exaggerated and broad in their characterization that it's like definitely how a play would be done. But when you're, because you know, the audience is farther away. So you've got to be broader 
but like when you're up close using a camera, it just comes across as a little, um, it comes across like crazy people <laughs> in some respects, like, uh, not really like act like that they're like crazy in some respects, but also just like very, you can feel them acting. You yeah, know, that, like, I was. I'm I am acting now. This is what an actor does. Yeah, that's. I, that was going to be the exact phrase that I used, and I get uh, some people like to uh, to give me shit for this, but like um, Leonardo are DiCaprio, who are constantly giving you shit about. I mean, everything saying, anyway, in your life. Yeah, every, I mean, it's just it's just a natural way of things. I'm okay. I'm a living Charlie Brown. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, I mean, you do have that little dog that sleeps on a on a little red doghouse outside in your yard yeah and he pretends to be the red baron exactly so yeah, yeah I've got um but yeah leonardo dicaprio is one of those actors for me that i i can feel him acting in a mm-hmm. lot of things and it annoys me so his movies are very kind of hit or miss pass fail for me um because there's a lot of times where i can just like see on the screen him like feeling like oh yeah I'm, I'm a serious actor I'm, I'm i'm doing this and it wasn't quite that with Escanaba and the Moonlight, but it was still like what you were saying that, that that kind of broad over the top, like that that kind of takes me out of it um, mm-hmm. a little bit. And I guess too uh, should should give a little brief uh, synopsis of the movie in case anyone listening hasn't seen it. But I, you mean I probably most people because yeah, I would I would hope it's so. a very small movie. Yeah, but uh, but. Um, it's essentially it's set in 1989 it's uh jeff daniels plays uh, a character who is kind of infamous in the upper peninsula for uh never having um shot a buck um he's he's the yeah. buckless youper as he's called <laughs> and this has been a thing that's been following him uh pretty much all of his life and so this one particular uh opening day hunting season like you know he's determined that this is going to be the, be the year that it changes um, and so he goes up uh, to his father's cabin. His brother joins uh, a friend of theirs who has a weird, like, kind of way of speaking, and I think was supposedly uh, abducted by aliens. Or yeah, that's, I just want to pause there for a second. That's a weird thing that's in this movie. Yeah, is that they just accept that the that there are aliens and that people are abducted all the time. But it's not even a main plot point of the movie. It's yeah. just like, yeah, that's a thing that happens. Yeah, and and I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff too, like uh, it, like the when they see flashing lights or when people are apparently possessed, it kind of has like an Evil Dead feel, which is I think that. Yeah, thank you yeah. for for saying that. Like, I was like literally like turning to to Lauren when we were watching this. It's like, why did this turn into the Evil Dead? Like, yeah, oh, this I was mean, a there, weird movie about somebody shooting deer. Well, and that's the thing too is that I think my issue, you know, generally speaking, with this is, you know, again, it's it's always a question of tone, and I think that for as talented as I feel like Jeff Daniels is as a writer, as an actor, I don't think he manages that, that tone well. Cause at, at certain times, I guess you're supposed to feel like it's kind of like this heartfelt intimate story, but then it's also, um, you know, going uh, wide of the X-Files. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. And that was what surprised me too, was that, you know, in seeing in not all of his plays, but a handful of the plays at the Purple Rose that he's written, mm-hmm. there's always this sense of like, yeah, there's these hilarious things going on, but then there's like, at the end of it, there's this kind of, you know, heartfelt 
Coda, and from what I've seen, his plays are not like I, I wouldn't expect basically to see a UFO plot in anything yeah. that he's written, which is not I, I don't have a problem with that, but it just I guess it never kind of came together together for me at the end. It just it felt like all these things were going on, and it was just like oh that's that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so basically like. This this play takes over, or the movie takes place over one one day, essentially, and it it's steadily, gradually, like it getting weirder and weirder. You know, like the idea is that uh, this person, uh, Ruben Sodi, who hasn't ever uh, shot a buck, is um cursed in some respect so he's got to like break this this jinx on him by uh communing with with nature in order to uh actually like uh hunt and kill a deer um and so there's they they interweave a lot of like native american kind of like mystical elements which uh, i'll say from the bat off the bat like probably not in a respectful way at all. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, is this movie like slight I, I don't know I don't know if I'd go like racist, but insensitive. Uh, it's it's yeah, like it's it's definitely insensitive in some respects. Like the 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 elements that are supposed to be from like a Native American culture are definitely played for laughs. You know, like yeah. they'll have this weird drink that's supposed to like invigorate your aura um i guess and and help you uh become more uh, attuned with with the natural world and like they'll do the standard joke of like hey here's some normal stuff keep drinking it oh by the way here's all the weird ingredients in it um for an extended period of time like i think it 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 lasted 10 years uh jeff daniels is doing a weird native chant um he might still be doing it yeah that's how they that's they lean into it so much they're like well this is going to be hilarious people are going to want to see this and i was like this is borderline racist what are you talking about like this is like you're doing some like the equivalent of doing like a weird like chinese accent affectation like all over my my television screen yeah, and and that that gets to another point too of that you know, I pretty much everything I've seen that Jeff Daniels has written I've liked, um, you know a, a large amount of what he's the, the movies and the TV shows that he's been in I've enjoyed, um, and I think that this movie might be like one of those things where like Jeff Daniel the act Jeff, Jeff Daniels the actor Jeff Daniels the writer great but Jeff Daniels the director. I I don't know that he knows like kind of where to cut um you know like it's to cut, like, but also it's it's hard ad- like it may also be like Jeff Daniels the adaptive screenplay writer adapting true. his own work for film because the sense I get is so much of the story is dependent on the four main characters three to four to five, if you want to include the park ranger reacting to the situation as a group. Yeah. And the way it's shot is it cuts people up into little groups um, instead of letting it like there are very, there are very few wide shots that show everybody at the same time. Um, so there's no like intimacy 
out yeah. really. Like you don't feel like you're a part of this group. You very much, and this is something we've said on this podcast, but you very much feel like you're observing it from afar and not experiencing it. Yeah. And then, you know, again, going back to the whole, like it's a weird kind of hodgepodge of tones. Um, Amber and I were talking about it this morning and she, she pointed out like, she's like, I feel like there were a lot of crotch shots in that movie. And I was like, yeah, like, so the times when like the characters are well, kind yeah, of, because that's hilarious, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, there's just so much in this movie that I, I that I wasn't expecting I, like it I, to go in that direction. I love the idea that like, if you if you make that that leap that like Jeff Daniels is constantly putting crotches in there like and since it's a play adaption like that might mean that he thinks when he's up on stage people are just constantly staring at his dick so it's yeah. just like yeah i mean this is what they came for so we got to give it to him yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah there's just yeah there's there's a lot of kind of interesting detours in this movie that i that i wasn't expecting and again like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of it that i can see like okay yeah i could see this being like a stage play but then there's other parts of it where i'm just like uh, how how what how would they do that like there's a whole to your point about like things still going on like i my thing was like aside from the chant i feel like they're still in that cabin trying to wake him up from when he's possessed by <laughs> yeah space. that took forever the ass of someone who is constantly letting out farts in the cabin and yes this is a real thing where yeah. where the the camera is placed like on the the ass of one of the actors with jeff daniels face just kind of full-on mashed into it because he's in some sort of trance possession like and i gotta i gotta give him credit i mean that's an awkward scene to shoot as an actor, I would think. And you were just, you're just fully committed. Yeah. And that's, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I was like, really? Like we're going for kind of like, you know, the dick and fart joke kind of thing. Like, yeah. I just, I guess I expected, even though he's been in dumb and dumber, I thought dumb and dumber had like a better way of handling that kind of uh, those kind of jokes than this one did. This one just kind of leaned into it and thought like, that's well, where the funny yeah. is. I mean, yeah. the, but people like Dumb and Dumber. I I am lukewarm on it most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but at at least with that movie, like the I don't know if you knew the conceit, but the two actors are the two main characters are dumb. They are not they are not <laughs> smart people. <laughs> like, yeah. And and so their reactions to situations are ridiculous. You know. Uh, but at least ostensibly the people who are going hunting are normal human beings with lives and and families. Like that's the thing that like seemed crazy to me too, is like Ruben is constantly talking about how he's like constantly jinxed and everything's gone horrible in his life. But it seems like the only bad thing is he hasn't shot a deer and brought it home, but he's got a wife. He's got two children. Like he's got, seems like he has a nice house. Like, they don't bring up what he does for a living because, you know, I guess it doesn't matter. But he's everything else in his life seems fine. <laughs> like, yeah, and it, his poor wife, who's like, you know, the the brief scenes that she's in where it doesn't seem like it's veering into uh, racial insensitivity. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, what kind of life does she lead? Because he just seems depressed, like, for the full year for not having bagged a buck, as they say. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, to your point, like, things seem pretty well but like when he leaves at the beginning he doesn't even seem interested in 
his wife or anything like that. Like she, she, and, she, she wants to go with him. He says, no, like it's his dad's cabin, yeah. all this stuff. And it's just like, man, like what, that's a, that's a fun life. Just being depressed all the time. Cause you haven't brought a buck home, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, 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 interesting. I mean, I've never brought a buck home and I'm not depressed about it. <laughs> there are other things to put on the plate than uh, Yeah. I mean, I'll go out, I'll go out and strangle a possum every couple days, but yeah, just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even eat it. I'm just a monster. (laughs) Um, We've all been there, man. We've all been there. (laughs) Um, I want to figure out what strangling a possum could be a euphemism for. Uh, I like to incorporate it into my life. Well, Um, good luck with that. I mean, there is like what you were talking about, the kind of like emotional beat that Jeff Daniels puts into his plays um, or like heartfelt moments like that. That's also in here where, you know, as the night is going on and, and going into the day where he's, you know, kind of possessed by a spirit, you know, he communes with his great grandfather and then eventually does uh, kill the buck. The idea is that, his wife saw him suffering and, you know, using her, um, I, I mean, there's no better way of saying it, just magic. She uh, brings this buck to him so that he can, you know, fulfill this dream of his, um, which is very sweet, but also weird um, in a, to my eyes or to my ears, I guess. Cause like you were saying like, so he's been obsessed with this for 30 years how has his wife not left him? <laughs> like yeah. he just loves him so much, he'll put up with this bullshit. Yeah, and they try and explain it away. The the opening, well, I guess it's throughout the movie, but the opening narration, the the father, um, who, by the way, I I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name, but I thought he did uh, a good job of kind of like of everyone in the movie. He kind of gets it right. I feel like like he just, he doesn't go too broad. He kind of plays I mean, it. He plays it very straight, and yeah. he's most believable in the movie. But so rate, I would, I would, I would challenge that a little bit because I think earlier there's some weird tonal shifts with him too, of like he comes across as this very like stoic, like narrator, um, kind of like wise person, and then he flips it and then seems like really weird and like laughing like hysterically like at some lame jokes and stuff um and then flips back to being kind of like more of a of a of a mentor figure i guess uh would be the best way to say it and it's it's not a lot um and i would say for the most part i i enjoyed his performance it was probably the least broad but i don't think anybody like hit it 100% yeah i would i would agree. is the most consistent I guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. Although I, in watching it, and I, you know, I go back and forth on this a lot. Like, you know, is it the actor? Is it the director? Is it something else? But I would say, like, to the points that you made, that would be more, in my mind, anyways, uh, like the fault of the writing and the direction that rather than the actor. Like, because I feel yeah. like he still was, you know, like you said, Jeff Daniels was consistent throughout. I felt like even in those scenes, he was still playing it the same way but it was required based on you know the direction that was given the the story itself that kind of thing but mm-hmm. um but uh going back to is i think harvey presnell and he yeah, was in fargo 
Oh, he died. That's sad. yeah. He's he's been in a lot of things. He's uh, you know you'd recognize him if anyone everyone's seen Fargo. He's in Fargo. He's the he's the father of the of the the wife. Yeah. He's the wife Wayne who's Gustafson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the one saying no Jane, no money. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, in the opening narration, going back to what you were saying before, he try they they try and explain away why uh, Jeff Daniels' wife essentially has you know stayed with him and fell in love with him in the first place, which is just saying like we don't know why she just yeah. did, and now they're together. So like that's their their quick See, out for her motivation. And you know, people can tell the stories that they want to tell and t- and focus on the characters that they think are the ones that are most interesting to them. But it is weird for essentially the person who is driving all the action, you know, given the resolution of the movie, like she is using her connection to nature uh, to propel him uh, forward into, you know, achieving his goal. She, there are, there's very little to none uh, explanation of who she is as a person, why she cares about this so much, what attracted her to her husband um, (laughs) or anything. Um, and that's where, like, again, I think, like, maybe the play did it differently, um, or maybe she was just treated as, like, a god character and kind of an unseen force. Uh, it's hard to say, like, you know, having not seen it, but it m- really does come across as, like, she's not a person in this movie, <laughs> you know, she's yeah. a force, which is odd. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you, kind of ruins the emotion, the heartfelt emotion. If we don't know her as a person or her motivations, we have to like assume things. Yeah. And you, you also mentioned earlier the, the idea of like the, the grandfather, uh, it's his grandfather, right? Not his great grandfather. Oh, it's his great grandfather. His great grandfather. Okay. The, the, the ghost of his great grandfather, like that's something that, um, you know, not, not ghosts per se, but you know, um, kind of finding a way to communicate with those we've lost. Like that's kind of something that I've seen run through um, at least the plays that I've seen of Jeff Daniels. So that felt like, okay, this mm-hmm. is kind of like one of those touches, but at the same time in the movie, at least there's no real setup for that. Like that he needs this guidance from, you know, his, his great grandfather. Like it, it, it just kind of shows up at the end and uh, is there for him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, like, if there had been kind of more of like an emotional like setup at the beginning of, you know, like, I don't know, like his wishing that he could live up to his great grandfather or something like along those lines, it would make that feel mm-hmm. more powerful at the end. But um, for what little was there, I didn't, I didn't really feel like it. It felt like a false payoff, I guess is where mm-hmm. I'm going with it. But yeah, I mean, I guess I can see like, like them talking about him as like a wise sage and like all the, you know, sayings he used to have throughout the movie is a little bit setting that up, but there isn't again, like they don't hit on like his actual emotional connection to that character. And probably, you know, if it's his great grandfather, it's unlikely. I mean, it's possible, but it's unlikely that that he have actually ever met him. Oh yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I just mean like it, it, like, I, I guess I was hoping for more like, because again, it's so broad and it's comedy that it doesn't really earn kind of that that yeah. that emotional payoff. At although the end. I, I will say, like the actors in that scene kind of pulled it along. Like I had to think about it first, and like, huh, that 
that wasn't really, you know, established earlier or like they didn't set this up well enough. But in the moment, I, I went along with it. Like when I was watching it and his, like after he shoots that buck and after, <laughs> what a weird climax for a movie. <laughs> but, yeah. So after he, he shoots the deer and his dad is, uh, takes the place of his uh, great grandfather um, and is standing over him and watching and like the look of joy on uh, I think Harvey Presnell's face or what's his dad's name? Something, Mr. Oh. Sodi. I don't remember his first name. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, look of joy and and pride when uh, his son uh, shoots the deer. Like I bought into that. Like I thought it was like I thought it was great. But um, two two things. One, I felt like I agree. Like I like like I am cold and dead inside. That meant nothing no. to me. No, no, I uh, I I liked that moment. But see, I in watching the movie, I felt like it would have been more of an emotional payoff if it like. Because I don't know if you're supposed to read it as like it was his dad the whole time and he was just seeing his great grandfather or if he just kind of shows up right when that moment happens. But I thought that it would have meant more considering we've spent pretty much most of our time since the opening scene with his dad, that his dad is the one who, you know, shows up with him and like, you know, kind of helps him to shoot the buck. And it's not quite clear. So maybe take away some of the, the supernatural elements and have it just be... Yeah, like, because ha- like, it's hard to have like a living person as your spirit guide. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I just I, I liked the the way that that ended, but it just kind of made the whole like the ghost great grandfather feel yeah. a little bit unnecessary. I mean, other- yeah. I mean, I can I can see it as like you know wanting wanting to show the connection there. I think it probably would have been more emotionally impactful if 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 the ghost character was his grandfather and they talked about how they'd like spent time together and then this is him guiding him and then like his dad takes the place at the end because then it's like this this lineal connection where uh, but you don't get that kind of experience because it's his you know he doesn't really have a a emotional connection to the ghost yeah you know and that and the other thing too that i noticed which um Yes, we we do see the the newspaper clipping in the closing credits of of him with with the yeah. Buck. I like that the news. But we never see pretty. him shoot the deer. Like we see it like kind of happen, but we don't see like not that we want to see a dead deer. Yeah, what are you saying? Like you know, I want to I want to see that blood spurt out of its heart as it takes its last breath. No, I just mean like I was expecting there to actually be like even if it looked like a cheap like prop deer, I was expecting to actually see a deer as mm-hmm. opposed to like just the you know right at the moment that he fires the gun, like you just you know everyone's there and cheering him on, but you don't like you don't see what the deer looked like. Yeah, yeah and I just well, I, it's, it's you know it's animals are expensive; they're hard to wrangle. <laughs> I, it's not something that I'm like dinging the movie for. I just thought it was interesting because you like again, kind of going back to you know <laughs> the days when we were in college and we were learning about um, you know coverage in a movie. You would think that you would see like kind of the uh, the not the aftermath, but just kind of like the cutting back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not really any of that. It's mainly on him. And then you just like, there's this white light that, you know, is supposed to be like what he, he's been following this light, but the light is actually the deer. So that's all really you ever see. And then the camera is kind of tight on him as he makes the shot, um, which 
yeah. guess works, but um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. That I mean, it, it's, never, yeah. I think I think it does kind of play into the idea that this is a play. Yeah, I think you're right. If it was written as a movie, I don't know if they would have thought to do it that way. Yeah, um, initially, and then, but I think it it does highlight a point that maybe they're trying it theoretically highlights a point that they might have been trying to make of that this isn't about the deer like yeah. it doesn't matter you know this could be anything it's just that it's a, a thing he hasn't accomplished that makes him not feel like a fully grown adult yeah what did you think of um the you know since we're we're discussing movies that were shot in michigan what did you think of the the michigan isms the michigander quality of this yeah. movie did you, um, did you like some of that stuff or so i yeah i mean i liked all the all the references i liked that um in, in some respects i guess I, I think maybe it could have gone at times going a little too a little overboard yeah. um i find it frustrating when characters are written and played to the point where you can't understand what they're saying. I understand <laughs> this is like a comedic piece, but um, you know, I'm trying to watch a movie here. I don't <laughs> want to have to like figure out what this guy's saying. Um, and one of the characters is like that. Um, it's hard because like, I know Jeff Daniels isn't from the UP and it does often feel like, the UP, the Upper Peninsula and Lower Peninsula are separate states in some respects. Yeah. You know, even though we're all part of it, like it does, I do sometimes feel that divide because um, UP is mainly, you know, it's colder, it's a little harsher, it's a lot smaller in terms of population. So a lot of the towns are just really small. Um, so... I don't know how accurately this is uh, portraying that culture. My guess is it's dialing it up a bit, if not a lot, but there are some aspects that are true, you know, like the way I have been to like a, a, a small like cabin in the UP and it does kind of feel like that one. So. Yeah. And to your point, it, it does, it feels like, you know, I, I'm, you know, you and I are both kind of in the same boat. Like we're not, we're not from the UP. So it feels very much like kind of what you would hear from people to expect going into the UP. Like, you know, they, they mentioned pasties, which is like when I first went into the upper peninsula, like all I could see were signs at random, you know, stores along these pretty much like, you know, uh, non-inhabited like areas, like you'd see a sign for pasties up, you know, what 10 miles up the road or something like that yeah, it's just like pasties there hasn't been a pasty restaurant for 15 years yeah. like um, ghost pasties yeah and then um you know some of the other things like i like the uh the lining kugel reference you know the mm -hmm. that uh which was another weird sequence in this movie of like the um like some sort of bar where the men and the women are separated on the sides of the dance floor and the yeah uh pool sticks between their legs and the women put uh toilet, toilet paper, paper yeah. rolls in between their legs and then they both have to hold their hands above their head and move towards one another and i guess whoever gets the uh pool stick successfully into the hole of the toilet paper roll they get a, a 12 pack of or whatever of, a of case, 
a case, yeah. yeah. A case of lineys, as they say, which I I was like, I don't know if this is an actual thing in the upper Yeah, room. like that can't be real, can it? <laughs> it could be. I mean, there's a lot. I do know, again, because I, I you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I have an unapologetic love for most things related to Jeff Daniels. Oh, okay. I thought you were just going to say most things. Yeah, no, he... Uh, I mean, I love everything. I have no discern, discernible yeah. taste of my own. He he does talk about a lot how his his wife is from the Upper Peninsula, so I do oh, okay. feel like he has like kind of an informed opinion, and he's gone up there. Like he he does a lot of you know if he's doing a concert or something like that, he has a lot of songs and stories about like going up to the Upper Peninsula with his wife. So I do feel like it's not quite an outsider's take on it, but some of the stuff again, it just it the whole thing feels very broad and it's fun to see those michigan references in there but um that it, it it also because of the comedy i feel like it it veers kind of too far into being like oh this is the stereotype of what you know the youper is or what you know michigan is and yeah um and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing it's just kind of you know how i felt in watching it but yeah, yeah i mean i i guess it's it's hard to say but I feel like it's it's a it's probably like I'm saying exaggerated, but I don't know, relatively accurate, maybe. Yeah. At least for a certain type of person who who lives there. Yeah. Um, something it it did remind me though of. Do you remember the five year engagement? Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, like uh, so that's probably a movie we'll do at some point. But they it's shot in Ann Arbor and they treat Ann Arbor like Escanaba, like how like everybody's hunting all the time and all this stuff is like, Can you guys not go to Ann Arbor? Like what are you talking about? Yeah. So there yeah, and that movie, you know, not to go too far on a rabbit down the rabbit hole, but um <laughs> uh having worked now two years in Ann Arbor, um there's a lot of things that they get right. And then there's a lot of interesting things like, yeah, to your point where it, it's like, doesn't quite feel like Ann Arbor, but, uh, but yeah, that I, I was thinking of that too. Like it, like the kind of, like, I feel like this movie does a better job of it because again, Jeff Daniels is, you know, Michigan born, Michigan proud. So I feel like this is more kind of an affectionate, not love letter, but for lack of a better term, like love letter to Michigan. Gentle, a gentle ribbing. in some Yeah. Way. Yeah. Uh, to Michigan, like mm-hmm. making fun of all this stuff, but we're making fun of it because we love it and we participate in it. Whereas the five-year engagement, like the stuff that they were doing just kind of felt like very much like someone coming from San Francisco where part of the movie is set coming to Michigan and being like, Oh, this is like the Michigan stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of looking yeah. at it those that view i guess but. i mean in in some respects like like doing that is saying like all of michigan is like this in the five-year engagement regardless yeah. of where you are you know another premise of that is like this guy can't find work in a restaurant and it's just like dude you are 45 minutes from detroit like yeah <laughs> like what are you talking about <laughs> exactly yeah um and then, uh, but so I wonder if a little bit this movie say, is doing that to a to a smaller degree of like all of the Upper Peninsula is like this. And I, I know that's not exactly what they're saying, but because of how it's shot, like it only shows you the people who are, you know, hunters and um, uh, and and you know, go hunting and, and stuff like that. So um, I guess it, it's probably not doing that to that extent, but it does paint a picture of this is how everybody is up there. And I, 
Yeah. I, I, I doubt that's true. Let me put it that way. Well, but I also think too that it's, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of the, uh, the youper humor, I guess in it, but there's also like, I mean, I, I know a fair amount of people, um, you know, in, in the area in which we live in, in Southeast slash Southwest, uh, uh, Michigan, like the, the people who go up North to go hunting, like there, I see a lot of that in this mm-hmm. movie too. Like, you know, it's basically like if you're, if you're someone who is uh, prone to hunting or enjoys hunting in Michigan, you probably fall into a lot of these um, traps or, or stereotypes, uh, <laughs> whether or not you're in the lower or upper peninsula. Like it, 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 and in that way, that's what I mean by it kind of feeling like a, um, you know, an appreciation, not necessarily just like a ribbing of uh, all the kind of Michigan isms that we, we fall into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, did you have any other other thoughts about the movie? Um, now that I think no. we can wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that pretty much covers it. Okay. Um, how would do we, so overall? You you don't think you enjoyed it that much? Yeah. It's it's one of those that I'm I'm still. I mean, I, I admittedly I watched it last night, so it's it's only a few hours old for me. Um, <laughs> So I might, I might like, you know, rethink certain things, uh, kind of the, the longer it goes from, you know, when I initially watched it, but yeah, it, it just struck me as one of those movies. Like I wish I liked this more than I do, but it just, it kind of fell flat for me. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, I probably liked it a little bit more. I appreciated the weirdness of it, but it's not a movie I would ever watch again. You know, yeah. it's like, I've seen it once. I always wondered what the hell it was. Now I know. I'm good. <laughs> well, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, th- this is one of two movies that like Purple Rose production movies that Jeff Daniels directed. And the other one came out a few years later, I think. And I think it's called like the super sucker or something yeah, like that. Sucker. Yeah. 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 Another, I think another movie based on a play he wrote. Yeah. But it's, I, I read the premise for it a while ago. I haven't read it recently, so I might be getting some stuff wrong, but I feel like what I remember reading, cause I was like, that's what this is about was about <laughs> like, a vacuum cleaner that women are deriving pleasure from. Instead. Oh, so <laughs> huh, that's not what I would have expected, but okay. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, I, I don't know about wanting to watch that one, especially after seeing Escanaba in the moonlight, but there yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll probably tackle it at some. I mean, <laughs> at, at some point. I mean, it would be. It seems silly to not write, to not do a movie written by someone from Michigan with Michigan actors shot in Michigan. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Assuming that was the case with that one. Yeah. Uh, even the the father from this one um, is is another character in that one too. So really. It's like okay. most of the same crew and actors, I think. So. Interesting. Um, yeah. You know, I wonder. It'd be interesting to to figure out like why they stopped like making those those kind of like TV or not TV but film adaptations of the plays. Maybe they just ran out of time or money or something. But that yeah, would be I, would I do. Was the money. Hmm? Yeah. Um, the I think I read the budget for this one was like a million dollars. So okay. I could, I could see I could see it being a question of money for like going yeah. forward if they're not hugely successful productions. But who knows? Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. Like you know, it's always hard to track like how much money these things make. I I looked up um, the 
box office for this movie and it was something like two million something dollars like two million two hundred thousand or six hundred thousand or something like that so um, it did turn a profit yeah profit. <laughs> um it was released in 48 theaters um okay. and you know that's probably over its entire lifetime you know so probably you know it didn't make a ton of money i guess compared yeah to, but, um so maybe just the amount of effort that goes into doing that wasn't wasn't worth it i don't know um or they you know people get tired they get busy yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so what I'm saying is we should start a film company and we should adapt uh, Jeff Daniels movies back to plays and then adapt them back to movies and see what happens. Kind of that'll like a Google be, Translate. Yeah, that'll be an interesting project. Um, yeah. you, you get the money and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get started on it. There we go. Yeah, we can, we can hairspray this. It'll be yeah. great. Um, Okay, so that's going to that's going to wrap up this episode. Um want to thank everybody for listening. If you have any uh thoughts or questions, you can uh, you know, leave a comment on iTunes or or whatever. Um we'll get a Twitter account at some point. Um we don't have one yet. I don't know why I'm mentioning it now, honestly. It just seems <laughs> bad promotion but we want to be upright with or forthright with you and and let you know that you know we haven't done these things so hey maybe by the time it's released we'll have one but it's so hard to get one like you gotta log in you gotta make one Ugh, takes like 10 minutes who has the time who has the time but yeah if you like this you know find uh rate review subscribe as they say um and uh let us know what you thought Yes, please. Okay. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks.